Hey everybody, this is David Lombardi, and you could catch me, Matt Barrows, and former 49ers defensive end Dennis Brown talking all things 49ers on our podcast, Here's the Catch. Listen for free on Apple every Monday and for weekly bonus episodes exclusively on The Athletic. Go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, every week we see something new with this 49ers team, and this week it was a very significant novelty for the 49ers because I, I just traced this back to last year, guys. There was a game in 2018 where the 49ers turned the ball over five times. It was against the NFL's worst team, the Arizona Cardinals, and the 49ers lost by 10 points. Well, fast forward to today. 49ers turned the ball over five times. They were not playing the NFL's worst team. We're not sure where the Steelers are exactly yet, but I'm confident saying that, that they're not at the bottom. So with the, the same set of circumstances and a better opponent, the 49ers this time won by four points. And I think that, that, that pretty much illustrates how much better this team has gotten from 2018 to 2019 to be able to win ugly. It's better on the defensive side, for sure. If I'm an offensive player for the San Francisco 49ers, I go into the locker room and I kiss every defensive player square on his mouth and say, thank you, you guys saved our butts because they did it from the first quarter all the way or first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter. These On the defensive side of the ball, we've seen three outstanding games, in my opinion, three outstanding dominating defensive games. And before, they had a, they had a couple hiccups. They had three big hiccups. But they held this Pittsburgh offense to less than 100 yards in the third, all the way up to the third quarter. And they gave up those big plays. But they saved the game, came up with turnovers when you needed the turnovers, especially in the fourth quarter. And we saw this defense unleash itself in the fourth quarter. Four plays to win the football game and four and out. Six points off of five turnovers. I that's mean, that's huge. that's incredible. Yeah. And, yeah. and some of them were, were close to the goal line there. And, and you're right, uh, uh, got to have it. Um, turnover or takeaway by Eric Armstead there in the fourth quarter. That was um, yeah, that was the play that uh, that they needed at that moment that they hadn't gotten in previous years, and they got it. And I thought it was uh, really interesting that it came from the defensive end. Uh, you know, Nick Bosa and, and Dee Ford get all the accolades. Uh, Eric Armstead has now put together three straight really strong games, especially against the run, and uh, lo and behold, it was uh, a running play that uh, dislodged that ball and set up uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and the offense for some final last-second heroics after you know squandering possession after possession earlier in the game. So uh, kudos goes to Eric Armstead. I-, I crunched some numbers, guys, to help us really contextualize the performance of the 49ers defense. I thought it was a tale of a lot of very good plays and two bad ones. For the 49ers defense today, there were two long yeah. Pittsburgh touchdowns that both came on busted coverages of sort. One was against Akella Witherspoon. That was the first one for Juju Smith-Schuster, but really it should have only been like a 20-yard gain, right? But right. Tarverius Moore took a bad angle, so it went for 76 yards. And then Jason Verrett, after Akella Witherspoon exited with an injury, just got roasted on the pump-and-go for a 39-yard score. So if you include all of the Pittsburgh plays today, 
against the 49ers defense, 241 yards, 4.7 yards per play, which is still, you know, just on its own, a very good performance for the 49ers defense. But without the two busted touchdowns, and I know you have to count them, but but that's why I mentioned them first. Without those two busted touchdowns, Pittsburgh managed only 126 yards and 2.6 yards per play. Yeah, I think Mason Rudolph had 45 yards passing before that long catch and run. Which was uh, seventy six. Yeah, that was wow. seventy six. So <laughs> that just tells you where he was. Uh, yeah, they they didn't do anything all day. Uh, it was a really an incredible performance by the Forty Nine ers defense. More so when you you factor in the fact that they were dealing with five turnovers by the offense. Yeah, and the offensive side. I mean, the Forty Nine ers pretty much gave this game to, to uh, Pittsburgh. They said, "Here, here's a football game," but they didn't have enough weapons to win the game, no. and that's something that we're used to on this side of the ball, as far as the Forty Nine ers go, not having enough weapons on the field. You know, even if the game is given to you to capitalize and win football games, and that's the difference this year in this this Forty Nine ers team. Is you got players on offense and especially on defense. We talk about the pass rush, but you got guys on defense or on offense that you can still get them the football and they're going to make plays. And we saw that. We got a quarterback that was not so efficient, but when time came to it, he put the ball exactly where he needed to put the ball. And he, he was ran the offense. He believed in the process. And he continued to be the, – the running game was up again. The running game did really well. Early in, early in the game, the outside wasn't there. They changed it to philosophy, start running more on the inside. You know, So, again, it's the process. I think this is what we see in a Kyle Shanahan offense especially. Stick with the process, run the ball, set up the play action, and, and just take the ball down the field. A lot of uh, 22 personnel today, and, and I think that had a lot to do with uh, Justin's school playing left tackle. I think it had a lot to do with uh, the success that they had against Cincinnati. But uh, I can tell How you— How do you rate Justin today? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, I, I, thought, mean, uh, I mean, the penalties, but I thought outside. He had, three, yeah. he had three pretty big penalties. They were big big penalties, and, and obviously the uh, uh, Shanahan was scheming, I, right. I think, around him. But otherwise, he was pretty inconspicuous. And when you're a rookie left tackle and you're mostly inconspicuous, that's, that that's means that you've thing. had a pretty good and day. Yeah. Sh- Shanahan scheming around him, I think, is one of the storylines yeah. today. We talked about it in the week. It was going to be important to see how Shanahan – would would adapt and, and I think yeah ultimately you look at Jimmy Garoppolo close to nine yards at attempt that that ended up being good and and the rushing game 40 carries which is above the Shanahan magic number of 30 which he likes and he says he thinks he could win any game if he is able to to get the 30 rushes so they had 40 carries for 168 yards that's 4.2 a carry that's that's efficient enough it was obviously enough to overcome even five turnovers today yeah, so three of them by the the tailbacks uh who who took a step back from their big game against cincinnati uh so three of them are related to you know uh brita had a uh, a tip pass that was intercepted yeah. uh mostert had a fumble plus a, a botched uh, pitch from garoppolo so they didn't have great games but 168 yards is it's fantastic that's yards, a good game yeah. that's uh, a it's a nice game. backbone for the offense and, and the point is that the offense was still very functional today yeah. right they moved um, the ball well. not having Joe Staley. Yeah, moved the ball well. The entire football game is just when you got into the red zone, you had those turnovers. Yeah. So, you know, this offense, I think, is, is, is going to be an offense that scores a lot of points. You know, if you're efficient with it and you, and you protect the ball, there's going to be a lot of points on the board. It's going to be – now you have a defense that keeps people off the board. So, I mean, these games come in, you know, moving forward. I can see some blowouts. I mean, if, if you run the offense the way you're supposed to run the offense and you got a good defense, you're going to see a lot of blowout yeah, games. if you hold on to the ball today, this is a blowout. Yeah, I thought they were sure. that much more efficient 
than than the Steelers. We we started talking about the defense, and I don't think we finished the, the, that thought yet because that pass rush today for the 49ers just was so money, not only after the takeaways, but also when the game was on the line, after Akella Witherspoon went down. Uh, you, you know, this game developed in a very dangerous direction for the 49ers because Jason Verrett did not look good in, in his limited snaps. So then the 49ers benched Verrett after he gave up the 39-yard touchdown, and they stuck Emmanuel Mosley, second-year guy, in there. And then they had to preserve the lead with about a minute left. Everybody is saying, well, of course the Steelers are going to try to target Emmanuel Mosley, try to roast him in coverage, and they have some weapons that can maybe do that. But that ended up being completely irrelevant because the 49ers' pass rush yeah. didn't let it happen. I mean, that's something that they didn't have these closers last year. They right. didn't have D. Ford and Nick Bosa, but the pass rush made the secondary struggles just vanish. I think that front pass rush is now the identity. Sure. I mean, you go into you got a minute. It was like a minute thirty left on the clock. Pittsburgh had the ball. They had to score a touchdown. They were down by four points. Everyone knows they're going to throw the ball. Four and out. Four, four downs, four rushes. They went backwards. Four good rushes, and that was it. Game was over. You, and that's what you want. You could make the argument that they aren't even closing at this point. There are only two sacks by the 49ers in this game, but uh, anybody who watched it uh, just saw that pocket collapsing one play after another. I mean, Mason Rudolph had no time to throw. He never got comfortable um, he made a, a, a big mistake on the uh, Kwan Williams interception. Um, he was just unsettled the whole game, and that, and that was the, the real difference. They just could never capitalize on all the gifts that the 49ers were giving them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and they were gifts. A lot of them. Let's go through some of them because, you know, there was a little bit of debate online. I know fans get emotional one way or the other as to whose fault everything was. But, you know, they were all of a, a slightly different variety, right? You had one just kind of clang off Matt Breida's chest and that turned into an interception. Then you had a pitch that Raheem Mostert just, just couldn't handle and it yeah. looked to be some kind of. Yeah, Mostert seemed to indicate that the pitch might have come too softly toward him and upset his timing. But I thought those are both, you know, plays where in the National Football League, your hands are on it. Yeah, you know, the timing may be off, but you got to, you can't let that go. That's the rule that we learn when we're kids. If it hits you in the hand, you you Could have you? to make the, yeah. uh, the the play. So I think that was the the common element. Even the the Pettis one in the beginning of the game, I couldn't quite tell what happened there. The the, the defender definitely got his hand in there, but. That, that's, you know, kind of continuing the theme of, of what we're saying. That That's why Pettis had been criticized as heavily as he had. He didn't have – wasn't good at catching in traffic. Uh, he didn't sort of shield uh, the ball with his body from defenders. And, and you saw that happen on that interception and sort of kind of seemed to continue the, the same theme. Uh, that same but he made up for it. That same he cr- made up for it. Yeah. No, but even, <laughs> even before that, there was a pass uh, in, the, in the right corner yeah. of the end zone that was in traffic, and Pettis couldn't come up with uh, the play. And you, you thought to yourself, man, Pettis is going, going yeah. to get slammed after this game. And then, lo and behold... He comes up with the heroic play in traffic, um, just snatched it away from the Steelers for the game-winning touchdown. It was really a, a fantastic storyline for, for Dante Pettis today. That's what I wrote about, so you, you, this is awesome. This makes me feel good about my article. What a lead-in. <laughs> this is all for you, David. Well, you, you, you know, you talked to briefly before the game was Terrell Owens. And and it turns out they played a celebrity basketball game together where they're both dunking and stuff in Long Beach this offseason. And I don't know, I, I thought that the career arc of Terrell Owens, who was, 
inducted into the 49ers Hall of Fame this this weekend was one of of overcoming adversity and and his most famous 49ers moment of course against the Packers and that that wild card Talk game. about in traffic. Yeah, uh, cash, in traffic yeah. after a rotten day, right? And yeah. I don't know if it was a rotten day for Pettis today, but it was a rotten day for the offense in a way, and Pettis was part of that. And and it's been a rotten couple months for Pettis. And th- I thought that catch in traffic in the end zone to win the game with limited time left, you know, was a mini version of that. I'm not saying this is the same as Terrell Owens making a catch in the wild card game against the Packers in, the 19- in 1999, but it's a necessary step for the 49ers to get back to that playoff level. They need to figure out a way to overcome ugliness yeah. and, and deliver in crunch time, and they finally did that today. So it's only fitting to me that this is the first time the 49ers are 3-0 and since that season. Since that 1998 oh, season, I see when, the when, when Owens was on the team, I see the <laughs> all, all, it's like uh, felt like I was the guy in the beautiful mind uh, drawing all these <laughs> things on the wall, <laughs> connecting all your formulas and algorithms there. But anyway, w- w- what a catch, right? I, I think the, the way I, I would describe it is that Pettis played big on that catch, yeah. and he didn't play big on the interception. He kind of shrunk away again. And even if it's not technically, you know, didn't get his hand on the ball, he didn't become that imposing target. And all of a sudden, we saw Pettis become the imposing target yeah, in and, the end zone. And he's been kind of, you know, Kyle Shanahan has been kind of riding him. Yeah. And he said that he wants more out of him. And there's a reason why he was drafted. They moved up, drafted him in the second round. And you always hear about, you know, he, he, can, he can get into space. He's so quick off the ball. Uh, he's got soft hands. And, you know, Kyle Shannon's been, I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. And, you know, he's had some rough time. And today, I think, hopefully, he's taking that next step. I mean, now he's, that's the, that was the winner right there. That was the game-winning catch right there. He caught it in traffic. A great thrown ball by Jimmy Garoppolo, but he caught that ball with two defenders closing in on him. He was outside the end zone, stepped back in the end zone to get the touchdown. So, I think... It could be a good launching pad for him, you know, good for his confidence, you know, and this is a talented receiving core. You know, we saw we've seen throughout the preseason and these three games that they can do a lot uh, in the receiving side. No one stepped up yet. Maybe this is what's going to make him finally, you know, take that next step. I I thought it was a a great uh, comment on Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I mean, it was a mistake prone game, lots of errors. Um, and uh, he kept making the aggressive throw. I mean, yeah, was and, and Dante yeah. Pettis had not come through for him um, so far this season, really. And, um, and yet he still threw that ball into a very tight spot, believed in his receiver, and his receiver rewarded that confidence with, with a touchdown. I think that's one of the beauties, uh, and, and sometimes it's, it's a mark against Garoppolo, is that he takes chances, that he believes in his arm, that he's a bit of a gunslinger. Every now and then, it, it, that that bites him. But I think overall, you want that attitude from the quarterback to keep pushing, to keep striving for those types of plays. We saw that today, and it and it you know translated into a 49ers win. How about Jimmy Garoppolo's new ACL today? I mean, people were saying it was yeah, going to take him a year to recover. He, he took was a lot of back abuse. There, yeah. He was yeah. even after he was hit. The play you were talking about earlier where Pettis wasn't able to, to get it. Yeah. By the way, Pettis told me that on that play that he had stepped out of bounds, so he wasn't even eligible to touch oh. the ball. That was his reason for not going as hard for I it. Did, I didn't see any uh, hanky down there. Yeah, it, so. and, and I think that I, I, you know maybe he was just trying to explain it away a little bit. You still got to play bigger, which he did later on to his credit. But, but anyway, on that play, 
Garoppolo did not look like a guy who tore his knee up a, exactly a year ago, week three, right? Uh, yeah, he was. I mean, he was doing a lot of. I mean, he was very mobile today. I mean, yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't sitting in the pocket. You know, he got. He was harassed quite a bit throughout the whole. I mean, that front. Uh, uh, Steelers front line kind of got after him a little they bit did. today. He got, took a lot of big hits today, but it was also able to extend plays with his legs today, and we saw him moving around. You know, he's doing some pirouettes. He was jumping around some guys. So I think the knee is good. I think more and more games he plays, he's getting even more and more confident in himself and that leg and that injury. And But now he's just got to get that confidence with his receivers. And, and you said today he's going to keep making those tough throws. And you have to show your quarterback that you're on board by making those tough catches. You know, the Debo, uh, that post route that he dropped, yeah. Yeah. that was, I mean, that ball was thrown to a spot. There was a defender there. He threw the ball to the spot. Debo was right there, dropped the ball. That's the kind of stuff, if your quarterback's going to give you that perfect throw, you got to bring it down with it. That's how you build the confidence. But yeah. I think I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is, is, is really – I mean, I think his knee is good. He's just got to get some more confidence with his receivers right now. I, I thought to this this game was his best game of the season, just given everything Jimmy's? that he had. To, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the stats are – are, it's hard for me to, to judge s- him. It's really hard for me it to is. judge him. You I know? mean, the first game, I, I felt he made a lot of mistakes. The second game, uh, the Bengals' offense was just so turned around and discombobulated that they were they were picking on them at, at some point. This this game was tough uh, for him, and he got hit a lot. And he and he's and he um, connects on what is it? Uh, twenty three of thirty two attempts. I, I don't do uh, percentages very quickly, yeah, but that's very yeah, good. That's good. Um, two seventy seven. I mean, that's uh, that's good, and and only was sacked once, despite all the pressure that was on him. Uh, T.J. Uh, Watt, J.J.'s little brother, I thought had a really great game. Uh, Steven Tuit, who I didn't really know much about. He was uh, that five like, technique. He was he was abusing it. the Forty Nineers interior linemen. So that that that's that's tough when that pass rush is coming straight from the middle. And uh, I thought Garoppolo got hit a lot and um, responded well, obviously, uh, including the, uh, the game-winning touchdown. Uh, uh, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the first time today since the ACL that we've seen him just get straight drilled and it happened more than once and still throw a rope, still it, step into it and throw a rope downfield. It, and that's big for a quarterback. It, it reminded me of week two last year when he got sacked six times by the Lions. Um, those were all coverage sacks. This this was different, but it, they were both games that he took a lot of abuse, um, and uh, and kept going. And, and he sort of prides himself on that. He sees himself. This, this is the guy who played linebacker his first two seasons in in high school. That's how he kind of sees himself. Sees himself on the team. Sees himself as a we'll a, a bit of a tough guy. And mm-hmm. so. Uh, I we think, don't want a tough quarterback. Well, yeah. exactly. Well, he didn't we want got, it last year. We got year, one tough quarterback. But he, yeah. sort of, he sort of relishes the opportunity to take the hit, right. pop back up, and show his teammates that, hey, I'm one of the guys. The I'm, problem I'm, a, I'm a tough there, guy. Yeah, yeah, the first interception, not Jimmy Garoppolo's fault. No. Uh, the, the exchange from the quarter, from the center to him, you got to put that on him. All right? The timing on that when uh, Richie James came across. I mean, that's a timing thing. I mean, you got to hike. If the ball's going to come, you got to get the ball hiked. So that's why it makes it hard for me to kind of judge him. Right. Yeah. I still don't know exactly what happened on that Richie James encounter. It was obviously not supposed to go to James. Some, some people thought that. The timing was off. Uh, right? it was supposed yeah, to be the timing a, was all yeah. off. A I mean, the ball's got to be snapped before 
he crosses. Oh the yeah, uh, Shanahan said it. It needs to be snapped when he's at the left tackle. It was snapped obviously when, when he was, he was at, at the, the center. center. <laughs> and uh, and, and all the hijinks ensued from that. But um, yeah, I wonder what the uh, the error was that caused him to go in motion a little bit too soon, or the snap came too late. I'm not exactly sure which which one it was. And, and the criticism there was that the 49ers, by that point, it really seemed that Shanahan was fighting the Steelers' defensive coordinator with one hand. That was my comparison. I thought as this game went on, Shanahan was definitely winning the schematic battle, and he might have gotten a little bit too cute running that kind of motion yeah, late in the game. That's that's the Shanahan offense, but are you, are you still trying to uh, run it at that point, at that stage in the game? When, yeah. Uh, you're that so misdirection stuff. I mean, there was one one of the one of the touchdowns. I mean, it was misdirection everywhere. I think it was it was it was, I think it was uh, the first one. It yeah, was, it uh, was. You had motion. You had zip motion on the back. You had ghost motion, and then the ball was just a straight dive. I think it was Jeff Wilson's first touchdown. Well, Jeff Wilson's yeah. the hammer now. Oh yeah. I mean, he's the red zone runner now. Oh, he yeah. was the trusted I mean, guy today because the other two backs were turning it over left and right. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's gonna uh, he's gonna end up with twenty nine rushing yards this year and twenty two touchdowns. Twenty two touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely the hammer. They, in the um, red zone. Back when I covered Stanford, when Christian McCaffrey had that record breaking year, he didn't score that many touchdowns because he would always get down to the four, or the three, or the two. And they bring and then, in the hammer. Yeah, Ramond Wright, and they called him the vulture because he'd just be there vulturing well, off the touchdowns. That's, no, he, that's he, not fair. That's, <laughs> he's just in the game. That's his job. He's not a vulture. He's good at his he job. Yeah. McCaffrey had 3,864 all-purpose yards that year, yet he had fewer touchdowns than, than the guy who had like 30 rushing yards. He's like, I score the touchdowns. I score the touchdowns. Kyle Juszczyk described Wilson as throwing punches with his shoulder. That's how he runs. He's oh. like he digs that shoulder into the Juszczyk the defense did that himself. Well, well, how about yeah. how about the game Juszczyk had? Today? Well, yeah, he is probably the I mean, offensive MVP. I thought. I yeah. mean, he yes. had a hell of a game. S- schematically, he's so important to what Shanahan does, especially without the left tackle, right? Because they used him to help block today, but they also used him because of the game plan dictated this way more often in the slot, and they used him on that wheel route with that diving catch. Yeah. But the slot play was the one where he threw the uh, – yeah. it was Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it was Minka Fitzpatrick. He he just – it was like the get off of me. It was it, like Super Fitzpatrick kind of was play. made of well, straw. Yeah, he went to tackle him, and he left his feet, and you just bad. <laughs> – Again, that would have been a fight like last week. That would have been a fight again this week. Never leave your feet, huh? Is it, that's that's well, the rule for yeah. a defensive so, player. So, so what's Juszczyk's line here? Let's see. Uh, he didn't get a, a rushing carry. Receiving three catches, 51 yards. Yeah, yeah, for I mean, a fullback. Yeah, a for full a fullback, back. that's impressive, but it doesn't begin But what you don't see is the way he block. I mean, his blocking today yes. was unbelievable. I mean, he was the reason why you saw Matthew Breida get to that second level, Molster get to that second level, because he was taking out linebackers on that first level and then off to the to the secondary. So I watched him because I don't really like fullbacks. I don't understand a fullback. They're always chipping defensive linemen. Bastards. But he <laughs> – he really is. But – he had a fantastic day just blocking it. And then he, you know, the, the reception yards look good, but he's a blocker. I mean, he is he is just like a like a fire hydrant now. Yeah. You know, he's just thumping people. I'd, lo- I'd love everything. to see 22 personnel um, uh, stats for the whole league. I, I, I got to imagine that the 49ers are at, at the top of that, which is sort of counterintuitive to, you know, this, you know, fast-paced misdirection offense. This, you know, at its, uh, at its heart is a – um, running bold offense with yeah. uh, with a fullback, a tailback, and, and two tight ends. And when you see him getting just a, just a straight eye formation, yeah, and just straight running old downhill, yeah. yeah, just boom, straight downhill. 
Let's take a look at some of the other defensive numbers today. You know, before I get into stats, though, I just want to talk about a couple of plays that just popped off to me. There are two of them, well, maybe three. Okay, yeah, three, and they come at, at each level of the defense. First was in the second quarter. I think it was the second. It was sometime in the first half where D Ford just exploded on third yeah, down at, off the ball at the end of the uh, the first half. Yeah, yeah that was a, that was sack. a big sack. Yeah. So well, that's that, what he's here for. Yeah, and th- you know? that's what he said in the locker room. And he, he that's the element the 49ers didn't have last year that this scheme really needs. The the 4-3 Seahawks, you know, when, when they were so dominant in 2013 and those years, they had those light speed rushers. Cliff Averill was their guy who, you know, would weigh less than 250, and I think D. Ford weighed in at like 247 or something the other day. And because of that lighter weight, that, that burst was there, and they could just jet by the the much bigger tackle and that's exactly what we saw that sack occurred at the 49ers 36 yard line um so you know this is a game that they ultimately win by four points and that that's a big play i mean because if, if uh you know the the Steelers just gain a couple of yards there they get a field goal at the end of the half and that that changes things a lot so i felt like that was a very big play it sort of signaled to me that d ford was uh, okay as far as his yeah. knees. And he said afterwards that's not quite the case. He didn't feel like himself all game. Um, he assured us that he'd be better with the bye coming around. But th- that's something to be concerned about, I think, if you're a 49ers fan moving forward, is that this knee issue that uh, lingered from Kansas City that they hoped to get rid of uh, in the preseason – uh, with all that PRP stuff, uh, hasn't gone away, and that uh, it, it definitely was bothering D four today. And we, he talked about that in our interview. You know, he, he, he said, said he'd never be a hundred. Yeah, right? he said he will never be a hundred. And our question was, what if this doesn't work? And yeah. he was just like, I don't know. I well, don't the know. 49ers built it into the contract. I think that's important to to note. A lot of people think they gave him you know four or five years of guaranteed money. They really didn't. They're paying him a lot this year. It's like a $20 million cap hit, but they, they could get out of it at a pretty low cost. I mean, it was factored in by by the front office. And yeah, they gave away a second-round pick yeah, for him, too. It's, so. it's the second-round pick that's the cost here that they'll, they won't be able to get back in case this blows up, but when you see Ford do what he did today, if they can manage it and keep him healthy, I mean, he's a game changer. That that, that was huge, and and you pair him with both on the, on the other side, but the, the second of, of the three plays or you know contributions that really popped to me that I wanted to talk about comes on the second level this is Quan Alexander again the, the guy when he hits, he hits somebody it feels different in the stadium than when anybody else hits somebody and I can't help but think of of Reuben Foster that's what the 49ers got out of Foster in his very limited availability over two seasons here it was just that that pop whenever he hit somebody it felt like it was a bigger blow than anybody else delivering it. But Foster had so many availability problems and so many other issues on the field, right? He'd come out because of uh, of the injuries, but he also would, would blow other assignments and do all this and all that. With Quan Alexander, it looks like the 49ers have found a guy that brings that kind of game-changing thump but isn't making those mistakes, and he's actually able to stay on the field. Yeah, and he kind of sets the tone. I mean, what I've seen so far. And and he's a guy we, – we had an interview with him, and he's, he's a track guy. He's a fast guy. People say he's undersized. People say he, he misses tackles. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, every these last three games, he is the guy hitting the hole, making tackles in the backfield. Does he so, have any missed tackles so far this season? I haven't seen I, any. I, I but that so, was yeah. the line coming in, that he misses tackles yeah. the for most, some the reason. The most missed tackles uh, since he joined the league in 2015 or whatever the year was. Uh, but, really? Yeah. 
I didn't is that a, the, the pro football focus uh, uh, stat? But uh, we have not Listen, seen it. Listen, he seems to be a tackler. I mean, and he I, brings the wood too. I think he's faster than Foster too. I mean, I, I uh, see him out there sometimes, and I'm like, who's that DB that just made it to the <laughs> sideline? And I realize, oh, that's five six. That's Quan uh, Alexander. He's got some speed and. Coming off the ACL is, is the other part of mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know. It's just it's mind boggling. And what's his favorite word? Legendary. 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 He, a legendary fact that I'm sure you guys already know, but I was just reminded of it. He's younger than Reuben Foster. Now that's mm-hmm. legendary. That is legendary. <laughs> He's young. The 49ers got a younger replacement. They're obviously having to pay him more. I'm is that curious. is that true? He's younger by a few months than Reuben Foster. Really? He he. Uh, Reuben Foster That's... was at Alabama for all four years. Quan, I think, left that from LSU after only three, and then they entered college at different ages. I think that's how it worked out. So it's it's crazy that he's already passed his rookie contract yet he's still younger than Reuben and, Foster. And there, there's a maturity there. I mean, there's there's a leadership thing there that Foster definitely didn't bring to the 49ers, and the defensive players were talking about that today. Every time that there was a turnover today, instead of becoming despondent and you know being resentful to the offense, uh, Richard Sherman, Quan Alexander, DeForest Buckner, uh, and maybe some other guys were on the sideline pumping these guys up, saying, this is our opportunity to, to make big plays. And that was the attitude that everybody took. And instead of being sullen about it, they were excited to uh, head back onto the field. And that says a lot about the defense yeah. and a lot about your character. I mean, when your end zone's right behind you and the, your offense is just turning over the ball, you have to go out there and you have to shut them down, hold an offense to just three points, and you do it three times in a football game. That is huge. That builds a lot of character, they, a lot of confidence yeah. in your, def- what your, what your defense. They, they relished it, and they, they look forward to going out there and forcing a field goal or, or stopping the Steelers. So uh, that speaks volumes about who this team is at this moment. And Richard Sherman, I, I mean, I yeah. listened to his, his interview at the end of the game. I mean, he's not jumping up and down. We did it, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, I mean, we, we went out there. We played football. We made a lot of mistakes. We got to clean them up. We're 3-0, and though, and we're going to move forward. We're going to enjoy this. We're going to move forward to the next game. And that's a leadership you want on the team, not like, oh, yeah, this is it. We're off to the Super Bowl now. He's like, we made some mistakes. We're going to get better, uh, but this is what we're supposed to do. He's been there and done that. Right. So I think that it comes yeah. for, it comes from that experience. And at the same time, though, you could read it in his eyes. He's got that twinkle in his eyes. I think he knows that that this team has a chance to do something. Yeah, I he, think he said it wasn't there last year. He's been in this situation a lot uh, in, in Seattle, obviously, with, uh, you know, an offense that that sputters or doesn't really do a lot. And it's up to the defense to win the game. So he's got that here. But I think that the offense ultimately is going to be much better than oh, yeah. anything that those well, Seahawks teams put together. Th- th- there's a difference between a lot of those Seattle offenses, which would regularly be going at like three yards of play, 200 yards of total offense. And then somehow Russell Wilson would turn it on at the end of the game and score. There's a difference between that and what we saw today, which is the 49ers racking up well over 400 yards, efficient in all categories except for the turnovers and I think if you look at it that way that's better news for the 49ers turnovers are something that you would hope that professionals can clean up these guys can't be dropping pitches they can't be dropping balls they can't be fumbling right so I mean it's in my opinion it's a better sign that the offense is scheming space and showing that as the potential to overpower games while needing to fix a turnover issue than the other way around. It'd be better, you know, if the 49ers hadn't committed any turnovers today, but the game was close because they only gained 190 yards of total offense, I think that's a bigger problem. I think the 49ers would rather be on the side 
that they had today. Yeah, and you know these are things like you said. You can you can fix these things. You know the timing part of it, uh, holding on to the ball, securing the ball, and even with the turnovers. Like I said, you saw a 49ers offense that moved the ball down the field. It's just when they got in the red zone, they would turn the ball over. So very efficient that way. You just got to protect the ball, and that's basic football. My third guy, and you mentioned him, was Richard Sherman. I just wanted to highlight that one tackle. He oh made, yeah, he made it at the sideline. At the sideline in space. You know, maybe that ties everything together. We said Garoppolo looks fully healthy after the ACL. Well, Sherman, you know, that's he made a couple good tackles in space last year, but he was definitely limited. Sure doesn't look that way anymore. 31 years old still, you know, I think the 49ers are getting getting a good Richard Sherman this year. That was somebody who knew exactly what the situation was, that the Steelers needed to pick up one yard to get a first down there, and um, he, he came and he brought the wood and, and made sure that they didn't uh, get that yard, and they punted right after that play. I mean, these were all, you know, looking back, these were all big plays in a game that ended up being very tight, so... Every uh, every time that uh, they forced uh, a punt or uh, a three and out, uh, those ended up being huge, huge plays in this game. All right. So moving forward, the 49ers have uh, reached their bye week and they're three too and early. Out. Yeah, it is too I'm early. Not tired. They're relatively yeah. healthy too. the team. Even Akella Witherspoon, who left on a cart, was back out there dancing, hopping around. Winds make things feel yeah. <laughs> yeah, I All heard sudden, uh, I, I, mild <laughs> foot strain. Uh, okay. So him. and he said that he wants to be back um, after the, the bye week, which is Monday night against the Cleveland Browns. That's going to be week five. 49ers will enter 3-0. and The Browns lost to the Rams at home in Sunday Night Football, but they played them well. So it's another dangerous game. It's, it's the NFL, but the 49ers have some time now to completely freshen up. I guess you look at Nick Bosa and D Ford guys with lingering injuries, so you can get them 100% healthy, but yeah, I just want to watch more football after that defensive performance, especially. But we're going to have to wait um, another week for that. And I think it's a perfect time for a bye. I mean, you got uh, D Ford, you got Bosa, two guys that can rest up. Whatever's going on with Akello, he can rest up on the offensive side. Guys can get their bodies together, and and you can figure out where you are with your tackle position. You can watch the film and say, hey, is there somebody we need to bring in, or are we good? what we have right now in-house. So I think it's a perfect time. Tevin Coleman might also be back. He might be a beneficiary of the week four bye. And, you know, uh, Brita has been really good. He hasn't been fantastic in the passing game, and that's a spot where Tevin Coleman excels. So uh, I wonder if Tevin Coleman got back and was healthy, whether he would sort of assume that starting tailback spot again. Awesome. I think we wrapped it all up. There was a lot going on here, and we'll obviously dissect this in our podcasts uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So make sure that you tune in to Here's the Catch so that you can pass the time until the 49ers take the field here at Levi Stadium again. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, I'm David Lombardi signing off. We'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs>